Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free. Welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we're going to discuss what's in a name. Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you, Miles. I'm particularly excited about this uh, This topic came up as just a conversation I had in one of our committee meetings and about the importance of titles, especially to employees, to managers. It may be a a hierarchy thing, but to employees, it's part of their identity. And so we're asking what, you know, what is in a name? What is the importance? And it turns out titles really do matter. Uh, You want to ask yourself, you know, does your title match what you do at work? Does it match the level of responsibility? Here's a biggie. Are you proud to tell people what your title is? Or do you tell them what you do because the title doesn't really tell the story? I mean, they work as a form of communication, but it also works as a form of employee pride. So this discussion I had was with Pat Eliason. And he's the shop superintendent at Roberts Automatic. And he said that it absolutely drives him crazy when machinists are called operators. And I know... At least he didn't go ballistic or postal. Well, (laughs) But crazy is on the way. (laughs) I agree. He he feels very strongly about this. And and I can understand why. It's, It's a... In his shop, he calls them man no machinist trainees, and because that's what he wants them to be, he wants them to be machinists, and not and he never you say the word operator to him. Now you say the word operator to me, I think of you know AT and T and Ma Bell right. Right. <laughs> and dial zero to get the operator. Wasn't that Lily Tomlin? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it was Lily Tomlin. Um, and somebody else, I, when I said operators, they thought of the math operators. And it, it's oh. interesting. I, I hadn't gone there either. So since I've talked to Pat, I've talked to a lot of different people. So let me ask you, machinist, operator, there, there must be a difference. Well, there's, there's certainly a difference. And uh, first, I, I want to say that we need operators. We need people who can operate equipment. Yeah, I don't think this is a slam on operators at all. It's it's more of a being properly titled. It's not. But at the same time, there is more to creating parts than merely operating the machine, merely following the instructions that someone has prepared for you. And so being an operator is a step. It's an important step. On the way, you remember Maslow, right? Yeah. Maslow's hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, operator, operator at the bottom, they're, you know, got their safety and security needs. They're feeding, you know, they're doing the things that are important. The foundational. The foundational yeah. things. But they don't yet have the necessary experience, knowledge, or context to be able to make discretionary decisions and to exercise 
craftsmanship, merely, uh, you know, obedience to the work instruction. So an operator is very capable of taking print, taking a, a machine that's set up, and they're very capable of doing their checks, doing their the everything required to make the parts. But if something changes, then th their eyes get a little wide, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. we've all been there. I mean, this isn't this isn't judgment. I mean, no, you know, get a new we car. We all started Guess somewhere. Yeah. Duh, right? <laughs> get a new car. All of a sudden, it's like this is not the same. So, machinist. On the other hand, it implies the ability to apply understood principles, mm -hmm. principles they learn by experience, broader principles, and rather than just step three says do this, they can say because of this, we're going to modify this, we're going to make an adjustment, we're going to do something different. So a machinist has more discretion and uh, I think because they have more discretion, they ha that, that leeway, they're more capable. They have more degrees of freedom to affect a positive outcome. The operator's best way to affect a positive outcome is to stick to the script, right? Follow the instructions. Don't do something you don't know what to do yet because you don't know what to do. The machinist has more degrees of freedom, says, well, if I can't do it that way, I could do it this way, or I could use this approach. They're calling on a broader, uh, a more full understanding of everything, like our mastery program. Mm -hmm. It's not just the bar in front of you, but you understand the process that brought you that bar. That makes total sense. So it actually, you're kind of proving the point that there is a difference, so you want to make sure that you're calling your people, you're giving your people the proper title. Absolutely. Yeah. There's going to be some shops where there's a ton of operators. That's exactly what they need in that shop. And there's going to be some that have operators and machinists. There's going to be, and, and we're just talking about two titles here. I'm talking about all the titles, even, even in the office. I mean, in the administrative office, um, how many yeah. people have, you know, account manager or, or accounting and somehow they get stuck with HR. And next thing you know, they're becoming our HR person. And there's a lot of, especially in a smaller shop where people have to wear a lot of hats, I could see where that could get confusing, but it's worth taking a look at. Well, you need to, if you want your people to be empowered, they're not empowered if they're identified as a clerk. Right. If they're identified as a clerk, are they gonna step up and say, here's what I think we could do on this? No, they're going to keep their head down and they're going to move the dog on paper. On the other hand, if they're an assistant, an executive assistant, if they're confidential, whatever, all of a sudden they have more discretion and they feel as if they do have the opportunity to make input, to make judgment. In a word, that, that title empowers. It does. Or disenfranchises. And it, it would make a difference if, if you're talking to your family or your friends and you're trying to describe who you are and what your title is. The, there's a difference. Absolutely. And it's an experience level. Sometimes it's an educational level. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, that they 
learned on the job and they're you know they're the senior something because they've been there so long and right and <laughs> it makes a difference and and it's it can be cultural too Carly so I remember we early in my career early in my career uh, I needed you know it was time for me to be promoted and they had uh, a freeze on wage increases unless you were promoted and there was no promotion there's just no position available so someone got creative and called me a senior metallurgist instead of the plant metallurgist i became the senior metallurgist right uh-huh wow i was the senior metallurgist <laughs> and then a busload of japanese technical people from a, another steel company came by and they saw my card and they looked at my hair which was all brown. Uh-huh. And they said, not senior metallurgist. Oh. Senior so to culture. them absolutely meant 40 years in the trenches. Wow. In our in our situation, it meant it was an excuse to get a move through HR department. <laughs> Promotion. <laughs> right. So the point is that words do have meaning. Words have power. They have power. And that power can either be encouraging, empowering, or it can be dissuasive and it can be de-energizing. Did you ever see Cheers? Did you ever see the TV show Cheers? Yes. And there's an episode where Rebecca, um, the Woody and, and Sam go in looking for raises. They demand raises. They demand raises. And they go in one at a time. And and Rebecca's like, well, you know, I, I can appreciate wanting a raise. I can give you money. That's no big deal. But how about if I give you a title? And the whole episode was about how they didn't want the raise anymore. They turned down the raise and took the title because Absolutely. it was the, and who was who and what was what and and it really it sticks in my head when I think about this because it really is important. What what your title is, there's a sense of pride in there as well. We're storytelling people, animals. We live by our story. And our title tells a story, not just about who we are, but about what we do. Are you a clerk? Or are you responsible for purchasing half a million dollars worth of whatever, right? Right. Are you an operator or are you a machinist? Are you, are you the plant metallurgist or are you the senior plant metallurgist? With brown hair. With brown hair, not <laughs> old guy hair, right? So it's interesting because I've seen some creative titles out there. I think people are trying to get away from the stigma or I, I, I'm not even sure if they're just enjoying the creativity. But you know, you've seen chief problem solver or number ninja or boss of all things or queen of something or king of something. Um, chief rainmaker. Chief rain. You know, the, I've seen all kinds of titles, and it. And the one side, it's cool. You know, it is creative. It is fun. You're part of a, a group that understands what that is. On the other hand, it looks strange on a resume. Um, it doesn't necessarily translate to another position, which, you know, as an owner, maybe you don't want it to translate to another position. <laughs> but... Right. Well, I think, I think 
without going all sociological on you, Carly, I think we have in-group and out-group communications. Mm -hmm. So the out-group, the formal communication may still say senior metallurgist, right? But in-group, it may be, that's the answer guy. That's a fun way of doing it. You could have the internal and the external. That's right. So mm -hmm. think of it like your familiar name with your family and friend. Yeah. You know, and then the formal name, you know, we're going to go see the principal. <laughs> <laughs> I never had to go see the principal, Miles. Yeah. You must have Your had to mom go see must the have been the principal. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's, that's another way to look at it because those titles are more than fun. They do convey meaning. And as you said, they're empowering. They are. Somebody gave me an example because I've been asking around and it's been interesting watching the oh, thought process. The wheels are turning. Like, wh what do we have? What titles do we have in our shop? And, and do they apply properly? And somebody had suggested that for the, the setup employees, the teams, the A, B, and C mm -hmm. team, that you could even give them names. Like, uh, well, somebody used a sports metaphor, so it was rookies, stars, and all-stars or superstars. And, you know, you want to work your way up to say you're a superstar in the, the setup team. And I thought, okay, now that's an interesting way. And again, that would be beautifully done internally. Right. Because, But it did remind me of the reading groups when we were little and you were <laughs> in the bears or you were in the zebras or you were in the... <laughs> <laughs> and everybody yeah. knew what level you yeah. were, oh, even though it yeah. didn't out and out say it. Yeah. But you can have some fun with things like that as well. And, you know, the this can actually help with recruiting and retention because it, whether you do it traditionally or you're going the creative route, it can boost morale. You, there's pride in being a machinist. There's pride in working in our shops. There's pride in being an operator. There's pride in being an accountant. I mean, somebody worked to get to that position, and and it makes a difference when people are talking about their jobs. That actually can affect your recruiting and your retention. You know, one of the things that, that I find interesting about this topic, Cardly, is that this is an opportunity, you know, for us to give up the formality that that I grew up with, mm -hmm. that you will wear leather shoes, Mr. Free. Or this is pantyhose, Miss Miller. Yes, mm -hmm. right? And it's an opportunity to, I don't want to say reveal our vulnerability as employers or as performers, but it is an opportunity to say, you know what? We have more going on in our heads than zero tolerance for meaningless things. Yeah. And so if, if we can have an openness about how we relate to each other, if we can have uh, a, a space where people can be comfortable uh, acknowledging, proudly acknowledging uh, the value that they bring as whatever that, that particular specialty is, I think that makes for a more relaxed, more comfortable, and uh, less defensive culture. And that has to be uh, measurable on the bottom line. 
Well, it, it also plays into that sense of team or belonging, which is actually going to be another podcast of ours. Well, there you go. There you go. Why use the good topics only once, Carden? <laughs> that wraps up today's podcast on what's in a name. And I would say there was quite a bit on the name, and we didn't know it until we talked about it. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, other podcasts, and other resources. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. Why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.